Welcome to another message from Citizen Heights. We are located in the nation's capital, where our heart is to inspire hope, remove limitations, and help you experience God's possible for your life. Join Pastors Michael and Heather Giroux in their passion to help you live your best life. We hope you enjoy today's encouraging and uplifting message. Oh 
What a powerful declaration that song makes that Jesus is the King of Kings. And right now in your life, you might feel like things are a little bit, maybe they feel a little out of control or a little, a little unexpected. You're off schedule, but Jesus is still on the throne. He's still the King of all. And your life and my life is still within his rule and reign and every detail he sees, including finances and church. I want to talk to you just for a minute as we lead you in the giving right now. Uh, we're a generous church. And you can probably see on the screen right now four easy ways to give and whatever uh, platform you're, you're viewing this on right now will make that seamless. But giving is worship. Giving is an act of worship. And uh, you can see those four easy ways to go ahead and give. And as a church, we're continuing to give in this season. Um, we're continuing to meet needs in our community. We're continuing to, to work with our partners more than ever before. In fact, uh, we've got this exciting thing happening with Convoy of Hope coming up uh, at the end of this month right. where a whole tractor trailer load of food is coming in and we're going to pack it all and, and disperse it to, to some uh, families and some, some ministries that are, are really going to make this uh, this moment of need, a moment where God's people step forward in generosity. So thank you for remaining in that place of obedience and generosity. And uh, it's an amazing thing. Um, you can give online, four easy ways. That's right, four easy ways to give. Make sure you check those out. But also one of the things that you can do to make it super easy is to automate your giving. Um, this makes it easy. You don't have to remember. And it makes it consistent for you. So you don't have to be thinking about it and just reminding yourself. So go ahead and automate that uh, um, and just become really super consistent. It's going to make it easy as our schedules are all a little bit crazy. Um, so I like automated idea. giving. And the reason yeah. the reason I like automated giving is, is the consistency. Yeah. It, it does make it easy and more efficient, but I think consistency is where we want to live when it comes to obedience in our finances. Right. I'll be honest with you. Finance, as a church, we've probably doubled our giving to needs. And in the last few months, we've actually seen our giving tail off a little bit. And I know that that's understandable. Sometimes you travel and sometimes you, you miss a week. But uh, the tithe belongs to the Lord. And there's blessing on your house when you're walking in obedience to provide for his house. So don't step outside that place of obedience. Stay in that place and, uh, and help empower and enable uh, God's people in his church to meet those needs that our city and our community are, are uh, really experiencing at an unprecedented yeah. level right now. Um, and we have the privilege as a church to make a difference. So thank you for making a difference with that. And you see the four easy ways you can give. And while you go ahead and arrange to give, I want you to go ahead and direct your attention now. Just a few things that are coming up here at Citizen Heights. Why? Because church has not stopped. We're still going. Citizen groups are going and leadership meetings are going and prayer meetings are going. We're still going strong. And uh, so if you're feeling a little bit of loss of momentum, this is a great on-ramp on to get back and connected. Check out a few things coming up here at Citizen Heights. Your mobile phone is with you everywhere you go. And now we are too. We are excited to let you know that we have released our new church app. Our mobile app is loaded with the greatest resources to help you better connect with the church and ultimately with God. 
You can look up scriptures or listen to the Bible. We have a secure note-taking journal. You can look at all of our social media, and you can even give inside of the app. There are so many features that will help you stay up to date with everything we are doing here at the church. The beautiful part is that it's all in one simple place. Download it today in the iTunes or Android store and see how easy it is to stay connected. the house is our once a year offering over and above our normal giving where everyone in our church can play a significant role giving to heart for the house is a sacred moment where we empower our church to do the extra things god has put on our heart throughout the year we showcase each of our initiatives this week's spotlight is on little lights an urban ministry empowering underserved and overlooked youth and families in Washington, D.C. So far this year, Citizen Heights has helped to support Little Lights by obtaining iPads and reliable Wi-Fi internet service for distance learning, providing for their many feeding programs, and providing family center supplies, including diapers, cleaning supplies, and toiletries. Little Lights also provides tutoring programs, mentorship programs, and summer activity programs for children and families. Families. This includes life coaching and career development for adults. Citizen Heights, partner with us by giving to Heart for the House, and together we can make a big difference to help those most vulnerable. To find out more about all of our Heart for the House initiatives for 2020, check out the Heights Foundation page at citizenheights.com. Hello, everybody. We continue our series today entitled Rally in the Valley. I'm excited to keep going with this as we've studied this passage, David versus Goliath in the valley. Uh, we've discovered that a valley in the Bible is a place of opportunity disguised with adversity. And we know a valley is a low point. And, and who could have predicted such a low point in 2020? But a valley is, it is a low point, but it's surrounded by unlimited launch points. There's possibility and potential in your situation right now because God is with you in your valley. And so today uh, I want to go, if we can, together, because we've taken a journey these last few weeks. And by way of brief review, I wanted to memorialize some of our mileposts because we've established a few things. In week one, we established that it's in the valley that I find words worth repeating. That's the confession of faith. There's an undeniable power in confessing and professing God's promises to your life. In week two, we established that it's in the valley that we discover God's view of me makes everyone else's view of me absolutely and completely irrelevant. That's the posture of faith. There's an undeniable power in posturing your life within God's view of who you are and who he's called you to be. Uh, week three... We went ahead and we established that it's in the valley that I find that God sees me and sends me as he designed me to prosper me as he made me. That's the contentment of faith. God's involved and he's aware of what you have and what you don't have, what I have and don't have, who you are and who you aren't. And in our text in week three, we, we found that David was offered the armor and the helmet and the sword of King Saul, but he refused them all and trusted God for the win. There's an undeniable power in resolving God's provision for you is more than enough to do all he's called you to do. 
So today, I want to look at the fourth key, and we find it in verse 40 of our passage. So let's go ahead and read uh, together from verse 40. Uh, This is 1 Samuel chapter 17, uh, verse 40. And it says, Then he took his staff in his hand, this is David, and he chose for himself five smooth stones from the brook. And he put them in a shepherd's bag and in a pouch which he had, and his sling with his hand. And he drew near to the Philistine. He drew near to Goliath. And our, our foundation today is, is these five smooth stones that I have with me. Five smooth stones that David selected. And I don't know if you've ever tried to be smooth um, when you're not smooth, but it, it can go poorly, right? You know that embarrassing moment when you're returning the wave and the smile of that incredibly friendly stranger uh, only to realize they weren't waving at you, right? That's, that's not smooth. Or you're pulling up to pick up your friends in the car and you get too close to the curb and not smooth, right? I remember, uh, I remember one time taking Heather out in my car. I was 16 years old. I was a new driver. I wanted to be smooth so bad. We were just going to the store, and there was a shopping cart in the parking space. And so instead of getting out and moving the parking, the, the shopping cart, I decided I would use the car and smoothly nudge it out of the way. Uh, I, but I wasn't as smooth as I wanted to be. The, the cart launched across the parking lot. It hit a shiny black Monte Carlo right in the side, and it was a not smooth moment. Sometimes we try to be smooth and we're not that smooth, but I want you to know God has a process for your life to cause you to become all he wants you to be, all he wants us to be. And right now, we, we're, we are not smooth, but, and we have some edges. We've got some rough spots. God's process takes those edges off And when we're in this series, we're talking about five things to rally in the valley that turns these these low points into launch points. And the fourth key that I want to look at today is that it's in the valley that I find that God's more concerned with my eternal restoration than my temporary comfort. That's the process of faith. I know that's, that, that's a message that only a mature person can take. So I, I'm trusting this with you, that God is more concerned with your eternal restoration than your temporary comfort. It's a process of faith. And we have to trust that process. God's process takes the edges off. And in our text, David is at a disadvantage in every possible way. He's up against Goliath the giant, a warrior from his youth, 9 to 10 feet tall. Goliath, it tells us, weighed 750 pounds. In fact, it tells us that Goliath's weapons weighed more than David, his armor and his, his helmet and his spear. David needs some sort of edge. And in life, an edge is something that we're told it'll help us get an advantage. An edge gets you a leg up on the competition. An edge, uh, it lets you dig in and, and gain traction, especially when you're in the valley. We're told we need this edge, but that's not what David reaches for. Instead, He goes to the valley brook, and he reaches for five smooth stones. See, in a valley, there's there's a natural erosion, natural migration of soil and sediment and stone, and it all comes to the valley floor. And not every rock washes down into the valley brook, but if it does, it becomes immersed in a process, the bumping and the movement and the smoothing of the corners and the edges. See, if I was a rock, I'd want out of the valley. I'd want to be on the vistas. I'd want to be in the high places. I'd want a view. I'd want the peaks, the the notoriety. I'd want out of the valley, but the valley does something for you that no other season can. See, 
as God intended, the rain falls, gravity pulls, displacement happens, the downward grade. And, and though you and I desire to ascend, you find yourself decreasing, descending, and nearing the water's edge. And once you go in, the feeling of obscurity, the feeling of, of uncertainty, the feeling of I'm out of sight, so I must be out of God's mind, and the clock is ticking, and the waters of the Valley Brook have, have claimed you. But welcome to the Valley Brook. It's in these seasons and in these moments. If, if you're not careful, you could mistake it for failure. You could mistake it for a detour. But indeed, it's the process of faith. See, David needs an advantage. He goes to the brook. He goes to the water's edge and, and grabs these five smooth stones. And, and, and now in the context of this story, five, st- five stones don't sound to me like an equalizing force in this standoff, David versus Goliath. I don't see how five stones really get David into a position of having a chance. I'm not sure the possession of these smooth stones equal the odds, and it, but it, it, it's such an interesting choice. And you have to ask David, really, like five smooth stones? See, most warriors find their weapons forged in fire in the blue flames of a blacksmith where the sound of an anvil and a hammer and, and a sharpening wheel all work to bring a rough material to a razor edge, but David found his edge in a different place. David found his edge... See, we're going to find our edge. You're going to find your edge different than those around you. You're going to find your weapons for this warfare. They're not of this world. You're going to find that they are mighty through God for the pulling down of giants and strongholds and winning despite insurmountable odds. You, you will find your edge in a strangely smooth place. We find our edge by losing our edges in the Valley Brook. Matthew 10, 39 says, Though... Those who try to gain their own life will lose it, but those who lose their life for my sake will gain it. See, we're losing our edges, but we're gaining character and we're gaining kingdom positioning. Second Corinthians says in verse th- chapter 3, verse 18, we're all being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. We find the smoothing of our character, the smoothing of our motives, it, it, it's in God's process. The diminishing of our edges, of our pride, our selfishness, all those things. See, David doesn't go to a skilled craftsman in metals. David's weapons were not forged or cast. Instead, he goes to the Valley Brook, river rocks, that have resolved themselves to remain submerged, to remain steady, and are now smooth. See, this, this valley is a launch point. And it's not where you'd expect to find it. Now, I've looked for things before in my life, and it, it, have you ever looked for something and, you, and you're not able to see it and it's right in front of you? I, I feel like moms have a special gift in this way. Uh, you'll say, we're out of this item, or I can't find that item, and it doesn't matter how many times you look, but when your mom looks, she, she finds what you're looking for right away. Uh, the valley launch point that you're looking for is not where you'd expect to find it. It's in the valley brook. <clears throat> It's in the Valley Brook. There's this gentle, daily process of transformation going on. It's incremental, but it's powerful. Sometimes it's barely perceptible, yet it's fluid and it's undeniable. Moments of great opportunity rarely advertise. And the stone uh, that lays in the riverbed, forgotten, obscured beneath the water surface. You think no one knows you're still there, but God has a plan for your valley. And there is a process of faith. And the brook is the process of where you lose your edge, which is how you gain God's edge. 
Now you have to ask yourself, why is smooth so important? I've got this one. This one's especially smooth. This would be the one I would reach for first because David's selecting these for his slingshot. And smooth is a necessary attribute when you're selecting projectiles intended to travel at a high velocity. Smooth is necessary, otherwise you'll have conflict with the harness of the sling. Smooth is necessary when you, when you need something to hold its path and accomplish its purpose. Are you allowing the valley to make you smooth? Right now in this season, is it increasing your love for others, your grace for others, your patience for others, your hunger for God, uh, your trust in His plan? Is it increasing the, the time that you're spending abiding in his presence, submitting to his process? If not, then may I suggest you might be doing the valley wrong. Have you ever heard that before? You're, you're doing it wrong. You're doing the valley wrong. You're doing this. See, if that's our takeaway, we're doing it wrong. Because John 15 tells us that if we abide in him, then he's going to abide in us. And because the branch, the branch cannot bear fruit of itself. Unless it abides in the vine. We cannot bear fruit. And Jesus is the vine. We are the branches. And when we abide in him, we bear, the Bible says, much fruit. For without him we can do nothing. David selected the smooth stones. Abiding in the washing of the water of the word. Abiding in the refreshing of the presence of God. And we sometimes defend and justify our ridges and our jagged points and our edges but it, it'll, cause us to, it'll cause us to veer off. It'll cause us to miss. You know, we'll say things like, well, that's my Enneagram number, or that's, that's my personality, or that's my frequency. That's just how God made me. Well, well, maybe, or maybe it's just sin, or maybe it's just an edge that God is trying to smooth out. The path of promotion, it begins in the valley. The brook at, at the lowest point of the valley is, is one of the best places you can find yourself in. You're, a good, you're in a good place. God has a plan for your valley. God is with you in your valley. And if you're able to get low and allow the water to flow, you'll find yourself in the sling of God's purpose because you remained in the waters during God's process. See, we see ourselves in God's word. A lot of times we project ourselves in stories. And today I want you to resist seeing yourself as David in the story as much as we'd love to be the conqueror. Because the truth is, we took our shot at sin, and we missed it. In fact, you know, that's what the word sin literally means. It means to miss the mark, to miss the bullseye. Our miss has led us to guilt and shame and frustration and, and remorse. What if instead we see Jesus as David? After all, the, the Bible describes Jesus. They, it calls him the son of David in the scriptures. So the text tells us that we need Jesus to stand in our place and to defeat our sin on our behalf so we can live in his victory. What I love about where this text ends today is that David slings the rock, the enemy, the enemy falls, and, and the army disperses, and then all of Israel pursues. See, in Christ, we are pursuing what Jesus has already defeated. We are pursuing what Jesus has already purchased. In the valley, we, 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 we learn that we don't, we're not fighting for our victory. We're fighting from his victory, from that place of victory. So as we close today, I want, I want to pray for two kinds of people. First today, if you're pursuing Jesus's victory for your life, you just want to respond to this message because you, you realize in the valley, you, you've gotten distracted and you've allowed it to be a detour rather than seeing it. This is part of God's process. He causes all things to work together for our good. Now it might not be our temporary good, but it's our eternal restoration. God cares more 
about making you whole than making us happy. And so we go through seasons sometimes where we're not the happiest, but God begins to restore deep places in our lives because we find ourselves in the water of his word and we find ourselves in the refreshing of his presence and going deeper. So if you want to respond to that today, allow the process of faith, abiding in God's presence, abiding, and then coming to a place where you surrender and say, this is God's process and I submit to it. I'm going to abide in his presence. I'm going to serve people and I'm going to allow the Holy Spirit to move in my life. If that's for you today and you just want to allow the jostling of your life uh, to take the edges off. Father, we just pray for every life right now. Father, we thank you that you are doing something that would possibly not be accomplished in any other season in our lives. But God, we thank you that as you, uh, as we give you room to move, as we give you permission to move, that God, you're going to continue to work deep things in us and, and deep things out of us. God, we thank you that you are the architect, the master builder. You know our, the depth of our soul and, and the greatness and the heights of the call that you have for us. So God, who are we to, to resist you? We say yes to you. We say yes to the, the migration in uh, the descent into the brook, into the waters where we begin to, to see you smooth us into something that you can use in Jesus' name. And I want to pray for one last group of people here today. You're, you're listening today and you say, I need to surrender to this victory. You know, I just talked about how we are really positioning ourselves in Jesus' victory for us. This is, this is not our fight. This is a fight that he's won that now we walk in. And, the, and maybe you don't know how to take that first step. I'm going to tell you right now, the first step to walking in that victory is surrendering your life and saying yes to Jesus. He loves you with a love like no other, like a love that you'll never find in any other place. It's an unconditional love. It's a love that finds you where you are, but then brings you to a place of restoration and strength and calling and purpose. And I want to pray with you right now. And as we pray this prayer, many of you right now are just going to lift your hands and it might be a moment of of first-time decision. But it could also be a moment of recommitment because you realize that this valley has caused you to wonder. This valley has called you to doubt. This valley has brought you to a place where there's uncertainty. And and we don't always know the future, but we know the God who holds the future and holds us in the palm of his hand. So I'm going to pray with you right now. Before I do, every eye closed, I'm just going to ask that you do that with me. I'm going to count to three. When I hit three, I'm going to invite you to lift your hand. By lifting your hand, you're saying, I need Jesus in my life. Are you ready? One, don't wait. Today is the day for your life to start anew and afresh. Two, he loves you right where you are. You don't have to clean up. You don't have to make wholesale changes. His grace will empower you to make the changes. Our changes don't make us lovable to God. His love for us make us and empower us to change. Are you ready? One, two, three hands in the air right now. Just lift your hand. You can, right where you are, just lift two hands for surrender. Say, Jesus, I need you in my life. And I'm going to pray this prayer. We're all going to pray this together. Repeat after me nice and loud. Dear Jesus, I give you my life because you first gave me yours. And I love you, Jesus, because you first loved me. So I surrender everything that I am, everything I used to be, everything I hope to be. And I put it in your hands, Jesus. 
Now say this boldly. I am a Christian. By grace I've been saved. In Jesus' name, amen.
great song to end the day with. My goodness, he's done it before. He's going to do it again. He's going to move mountains. He's going to launch you out of the valley. Uh, man, my faith is stirred up that God is smoothing some of the edges off us. And uh, if you just prayed that prayer a moment ago, maybe just to respond to the message or to respond to that call to surrender your life to Jesus, it's just the first step. There's, and, and there's not a sequential, uh, but there are a couple of guideposts. And Heather, what, what are some things that will help people take a few steps forward? So first thing you can do is to simply tell someone, we would love to know. So go ahead and click that connection card and mark your decision today and let us know. It's That's such awesome. a big deal, such it an is. important decision, the best one you'll ever make. Secondly, we wanna encourage you to grow in your relationship with Jesus. And the best way to do that is simply by reading your Bible. Right. So you can right. do that easily on our Citizen Heights app. Yep. And there's reading plans on there. So dive in and get growing in your new relationship with Jesus. No better way to know what he thinks about you than to read his own words. Third thing is to join a community. You need to be connected to the family of God. And we mm -hmm. want to welcome you to the Citizen Heights Church family and say we have room for you here. So join a citizen group, stay engaged on the weekends, join with us on CH Live. We are so excited to have you joining our family. That's great. I, I love those first three steps can change everything. What a great Sunday. So church, thank you so much for opening your hearts and your homes. Don't forget our hosts are still standing by if you need prayer or whatever awesome. it is. Yep. We love you. Thank you for joining us today. Hope you have a great week. We'll see you next week.